The Aldis Podcast is brought to you by Aldis International, supplying your expert AI and digital transformation staffing needs across the US and Europe. Today, you are listening to our ServiceNow series, where we interview the best and brightest of the industry to share their story, advice, and views on the exciting world of ServiceNow and digital transformation. Hello, everybody. My name is Mark Kelly. You're listening to the Aldis podcast as part of our ServiceNow series. I'm very, very happy to welcome Bree Krellman. Bree is Director of UX UI at Tordera. Bree, great to have you on the show today. Yeah, thanks so much, Mark. Great to be. So tell us a little bit about your journey to now and how you got into the world of UI, UX and how it kind of equates in the whole world of ServiceNow. So growing up, I was always the person at school or the community who helped with anything technical. I really loved computers at a young age. And I even remember the day I got my first computer, which was a hand-me-down Macintosh 128K. It was really funny because I grew up on a farm and technology was never a main focus. And I think that just pushed me to become obsessed with anything digital. So from, yeah, at a young age, I took my love for digital and I ended up coming to Calgary where I went to school at Mount Royal University. I graduated there with a Bachelor of Communication. And at the time, the major that I took was called Electronic Publishing. So it was a lot of graphic design, marketing, mail lists, websites, a little bit of development. And this was before UX or UI existed using those terms. But I would almost argue that what I was doing then would correlate directly to what UX UI is today. Um, yeah, that's a good a good foundation to actually have yeah. that desire from coming from a farming background. So I could see why you want to try to actually go all digital. Yeah, for sure. And it was funny, too, because technology was up and coming in the community. And so I remember my mom having me go to the neighbors and helping them set up their printer or helping them set up their monitor or whatever that was. And I really enjoyed that work. After I graduated at Mount Royal, I took on a lot of marketing roles and then a lot of social media marketing for lots of different industries. And the whole time I was always doing lots of freelance work. I had started it yeah, as a young kid. And then I followed that through university as well as on the side of lots of full-time jobs. So I really had a passion for supporting companies to create branding and logos. And I was really fortunate. I got a lot of referrals to entrepreneurs that needed that same help. Tell us a little bit about your role at Tordera and some of the work that you do as a director of UX UI. When I started working more in the ServiceNow kind of space, it was the beginning of 2019 and I was working freelance. I was having my own company and I was doing all sorts of different things. And I just heard about this company called ServiceNow through a friend of mine. And he said, I think you should meet this guy. His name was Frank. His name is Frank, sorry. And he had just started a company called Epoxio. Frank had over 10 years in the ServiceNow ecosystem and he had created a company focused on app engine, integrations and portals. And he was looking for someone to support him on the UX UI design side. And I remember at our first meeting, he met me and I said right away, I don't know anything about ServiceNow. And he said, that's perfect. I can teach you what you need to know about ServiceNow. He had a team of experts that specialized in the platform. And what he wanted from me was to focus on the users. And he recognized that many ServiceNow portal users would have the same questions that I did about the platform. Things like, what are an, what is an instant? Where do I go to submit a request? What are all of these acronyms? So we worked together to solve some of those problems. And that was the work that I did early on at Epoxio, which almost exactly a year ago was acquired by Third Era. Why is UX UI so important 
but sometimes it's underappreciated and people don't necessarily get it until they get wowed. Yeah, I think what happens is people like the idea of user experience. They say that they're focused on the user, but until you can give them an example in their own life, they don't realize the importance of it. So if you could say, have you recently searched for something and not been able to find it? Have you worked through an IT request and you're not quite sure where it got to or what was waiting on you versus what was waiting on them? I think people just need to understand how it relates to them so that they can help make it a focus for how it relates to others. I love that kind of design thinking, walking in their shoes, understanding what it's mm-hmm. like and the real kind of empathy around yeah. that. And by you not necessarily knowing the platform, you're asking all these questions. So you're going on that journey as well as so many other people. And and with Frank maybe being so enriched in it for 10 years, sometimes you forget what it's like to have that beginner's mind. And it can be so good for coming up with new ideas, innovating when you have that mindset. Totally. I think it's almost like I relate it to speaking a language. If you've spoken that language every day for the last 10 years, you're very versed in it. But when somebody new comes in and they ask some questions around that and they're trying to learn the language, how do you teach someone that? It's a challenge and kind of reminding what it was like when you were learning and those questions. And you don't necessarily want to seem stupid by asking those questions, but it can be kind of overawing all the all the acronyms and trying to understand what all these different things mean. And it, it can be yeah. quite a journey. So I think it'd be great to hear maybe an example about what the kind of problem definition was and how you helped them go through a journey on that. And I believe you have an example in the kind of healthcare that could, maybe you could walk us through. Yeah, exactly. And I think just before I jump into that, you had asked what my team looks like at Third Air. And I think it's important I just say quickly because it relates to the case study. I'm really lucky at Third Air. I have an amazing team of UX designers, UI designers, design technologists, and we work extremely close with solution architects, technical consultants, and developers to focus on what's best for the ServiceNow platform. And so when we talk about the case study, I'm very fortunate to have this awesome team and engine behind me because we We've got the designers who, like me, are asking a lot of questions. We're empathizing with the users, but then we've got that technical team behind us too saying, this is what's great for this release or where the customers are at in their journey. So I just wanted to quickly touch on that. The case study that I love to talk about, like you said, it was in healthcare. It was for a company in the United States. They were over 80,000 employees. They were already working on the ServiceNow platform, and they brought us in to focus on their benefits enrollment page. So. I met with them right away and I heard from the stakeholders, so the HR team around and their stress points or their areas of improvement, what success would look like for them. So they said, there's two weeks, they're super stressful. We're trying to get everyone enrolled. We're working over 50 states and we're trying to make sure that everyone's signing up for the right thing. They were getting so many phone calls, so many emails, and they had a landing page, but they found that none of their users were going there. And so they were really frustrated with, we wanna help them, we're here to help them. They had a ton of knowledge articles, but the users just weren't following the correct path. So the first thing that we did is we, like I mentioned, met with the HR team and empathized and looked at what success looked like from them. And then we talked to the users. We put on our user hat and we said, okay, now from a user perspective, when are you landing on this page? What's the information you want to get out of it? And we really needed to understand both sides of the experience. So we wanted to make the HR team's job easier without creating technical debt. And we wanted to make the user experience better for users trying to enroll and empathizing with both sides, defining success on both sides, empathy mapping that really helped us bring both teams together. I love that empathy map- mapping. So you're actually seeing as a, you're in a really stressful situation. You want to come up with a solution. 
everything you're doing so far isn't getting the desired effect, even though it's comprehensive. How yeah. do we simplify that journey and save everybody so much time and energy? And it's actually a very emotive area because people want to understand their benefits. Totally. And I think it's all about asking targeted questions without leading. So just understanding the problem, understanding the actions, and then just asking someone, how do you feel in this moment? And when you use the example of healthcare in this example I'm speaking of, it was a stressful time because the decisions that they were making for benefits would affect their families. It would affect them and they might be locked into these decisions for up to a year. So understanding their sentiment, understanding and empathizing with them made a big difference. And another thing that we like to do is also ask the users what are some things that you think could improve this moment or what things do you think could make this feel better because then they get to be a part of the journey with you yeah and it, sometimes those moments that matter where you think there are certain areas actually when the user gives you feedback it can be quite a distance away from what your initial thoughts were Exactly. And you never want to make assumptions. And that's where on my team, we do a lot of testing. And so we understand that, okay, we think we've gathered all the information, we put it all out there, and then we watch how the user's walking through. And sometimes we're shocked to see, oh, they're still skipping this step and they're still going this way. And then asking the why, we like to use the UX exercise of asking why five times to get to the solution. So sometimes when you're talking to a user, we'll say, why did you just pick up the phone and call? And they might say, because last time I tried to do this, it was really stressful and the lady on the phone helped me. So just understanding those different steps can really help us create a better journey. You are listening to the Aldis podcast. When you're looking to scale your team, or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.aldis.com. So tell us a little bit about some of the return on investment or kind of results that came from that. Yeah, great question. So what we were finding was the user really wanted to be put at ease. So when we designed the page and we did some card sorting exercises, we understood that a countdown clock was a big component. So users were entering, well, whether they were onboarded or right before retirement, it wasn't the period of time in which HR thought. They thought users were just going to that page to enroll. So we created a component that was a countdown clock. We also associated dates with that countdown clock because a user wants to see things almost in containers to say, okay, this is everything associated with dates. This is everything associated with knowledge. So just taking all of this information and simplifying it. The next component we put on the page was just a stepper. So the first step the user had to do was review. The second step was choose. And then the third step was enroll. And so when the user landed on the page and they saw, okay, I have 87 days to enrollment. These are the three steps I need to do. It right away calmed them down to say, I understand what I'm doing and why I'm here. And then the last two components were bringing forward Forward all these amazing knowledge articles that HR had put lots of time into in a different way for the user to see and click through and learn. So we did that in a small widget around utilizing the ServiceNow platform for popular resources. So what other users were looking at. And then we created a really simple FAQ widget so that the questions that HR was getting asked all the time, we actually put in a table. And so a user could see that in a carousel on the landing page and simplifying the page, having these five main components in the hierarchy that we did decrease the calls to the HR team by about 17%. And we found an increase in page visits at 172%, which was massive for the team. So they had all of this new exposure. They had all of these opportunities to kind of speak to their people and get them the information that they needed. 
And it's really nice because everybody can relate to those statistics and <laughs> you're really understanding the user. You put a lot of time and effort into it. Everybody loves a deadline and people like to know what they need to do within the time frame because that's how people get things done. So just those three simple steps really helped and it's a really nice case study. Was there any learns from that process? I think what we learned right away is that success can look different to stakeholders as well as users and there's a compromise component and I know the word compromise can be scary sometimes because stakeholders might have an initiative that they need to meet or a strategic objective that they need to focus on and I'm not saying that you have to give up one of those things but just putting forth that information in smaller, di more digestible chunks can be really helpful to the user. And it's a great way to build the trust with the user. So not trying to throw everything at them and just be like, trust us, this is everything you need to see, but having a more step approach of we're going to give them this information, get that feedback, make adjustments, and having just a longer term plan to say, we're going to get to the point where they see all of this information, but let's just do it in a smaller way to start. Yeah, I really like that. And people like those steps and people want to be guided. So people yeah. can un underestimate it, irrelevant of their level of experience. People just want to be guided on that journey. So that's been a really nice example, particularly in healthcare, because everybody can relate to healthcare as an example. And we talked a little bit about the importance of user experience and really understanding that why. One of our questions from our previous guest was about what would we like to see ServiceNow add underneath their hood of their new kind of product range or kind of acquisition that potentially they could add in the near future? Have you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a really great question. And I think ServiceNow has like made and spent significant efforts on improving the out-of-the-box employee experience and giving partners like ourselves at Third Era the framework and tools to easily go beyond. However, when it comes to measuring success in the employee experience engagements, customers often resort to softer metrics. So things like user views or session counts, duration, and those are all very technical in nature. So a company that kind of specializes in the other side that I would love to see service now acquire would be happy signals. So Happy Signals enables IT to measure end user experiences, share experience data, identify focus areas, and make more data-driven improvements. So what I really love about Happy Signals, they have an awesome article right now that I'd recommend you check out. It's around the watermelon effect. And so watermelon effect in ITIL is an effect where service providers metrics are constantly being met and their targets are being defined, which would be the green in a watermelon, but the customers or the users are actually dissatisfied with the service received and they're frustrated that the provider doesn't notice which would be the red so you can imagine the IT team might be saying no the analytics look great but their users are still unhappy and complaining and we see this a lot with some of our engagements at the beginning where IT is not quite sure why or what's going on and they want to fix it so they pull some analytics but the analytics keep saying everything's good so a company like Happy Signals can dig deeper to find out the why behind what's going on and create actionable data that can help identify the root causes of poor experiences. Yeah, that's a really interesting point you made. There's a, I think there's a website called Spurious Correlations. I don't know if I've got that correct, but oh, it goes through how these interesting insights and statistics can tell a story, but they actually, they've got nothing relevant whatsoever. So there, I think there was one interesting stat, something to do with um, Nicolas Cage's movies and the amount of people that actually die in swimming pools and there was a correlation between them and there's just so many different correlations across different states and you can pretty much put an analytical tool 
to work and come up with some insights and people with them. But if yeah. you actually dig a little bit deeper, they can be very weak as well. Yeah. So that's great. That's really, really well thought out answer. Thank you for that. I think you, I think there's been the softer element trying to capture that is no easy feat and companies that actually can spend time and really look to dig deep in terms of what those problems are and then to try to represent them is a really nice one. And just to close off, have you got a question for our next guest? Yeah, I definitely do. I'm curious for your next guest, what they would like to see in the next ServiceNow release. I know we all get very excited when releases are coming and we've definitely got a list. So I'd love to hear what they would like to see in the next ServiceNow release. That's a brilliant question. And I think everybody's really excited about what's going to come down the track on that, uh, me particularly. Um, you've been listening to the Aldis podcast as part of our ServiceNow series. My name is Mark Kelly, Chief Customer Officer at Aldis International, and I've been speaking to Brie Creelman. Brie is a UX UI Director at Tordera, and Brie's been giving us a little bit of her overview about her journey to now, a fantastic case study within healthcare, and just the importance of understanding the user experience. And later we talked a little bit about how we can actually put some softer metrics and hard metrics together and how do you can actually generate more from them and we also finally ended with a question about advice in terms of what's happening next with the next release and what would you like to see in that area Bree, thank you so much for your time today thanks mark have a great rest of your day thanks for listening to this episode of the oldest podcast if you enjoyed today's episode don't forget to subscribe rate and review We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any Android podcast of choice. You can also head over to our website, www.allthis.com to listen to more podcasts, view our open roles, and stay up to date with industry news. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more great episodes coming very soon.